3: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zeppound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
4: The year is 1897, and the player characters in this game are all members Uh, the Society of London for the Exploration and Development of the Esoteric Sciences. This is a fairly new society that has been put together by a medical doctor by the name of uh, Dr. William Yeowood, who has something of an interest in, as the name suggests, what he considers to be the esoteric sciences. He has put together this society that is like-minded people who are interested in researching topics that until recently, until this new age of rationalism that's come out of the Victorian era, might have been considered a cult. But now he realises that a lot of what we consider to be Occult books, grimoires, and the associated supposedly magical practices are in fact just forms of science that humanity has hitherto just not understood properly. And it is the purpose of the society to take all this mumbo-jumbo and turn it into science. Can you hear it?
3: The soft sound of ageing. The watchtower growing watchless. The cautious losing conscience.
4: So, he has, over the last few years, extended and invitation to like-minded people. This is where your characters come in. The society is fairly flat in hierarchy. I mean, well, no one is officially in charge. It's very obvious that Yobert is. And there is a, perhaps some degree of seniority in terms of the people who were there at the beginning. Your characters are relatively new additions to the society. So while you're all equals, you're perhaps lesser equals. <laughs>
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. okay some of us lesser than others <laughs> <laughs> hey uh, why do you assume i'm talking about you
4: <laughs> so with that in mind let's start off then by introducing the characters do you want to go first cup yes i'm
0: um, i'm charles darwin oh god no relation
4: oh for fuck's sake
0: i am from arkham massachusetts <laughs> I'm an imposing man uh, over six feet, uh, (coughs) muscular frame, as you can see. Uh, I'm in my early 50s with salt and pepper hair, uh, a neat side parting, and I have steel gray eyes, a nice tailored suit with a burgundy cravat. Whoa. And um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty hot. But yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I'm studying mesmerism or you may know it as magnetism. I subscribe to Franz Mesmer's works. And, uh, you know, most of the people in this field, you might know them as magnetizers. They are um, (laughs) charlatans. But, uh, you know, this is real science here. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to shine a positive light on what we're doing. (laughs) Everything's interconnected. Everything is fluid. We connect to the planet, to the animals, to each other through mesmerism.
1: This is going to be a long three hours, (laughs) y'all.
3: Not for you,
2: but you know, like.
3: (laughs) It's like the words and the voice just, and then the hotness of the description just (laughs) are so diametrically opposed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, Been kind of working out (gasps) now. Moving on. (laughs) I hate everyone.
4: Everyone. (laughs) Oh, that sounds like you should be up next then, Bridget.
1: (laughs) Oh, the energy here. Everyone definitely included you too, just so you know, Scott.
4: I wouldn't have it any other way.
1: Okay, good. I'm so glad we're on the same page. So I am playing Vivian Mitchell. I am a word that I'm going to try to pronounce correctly for the duration of this recording. Phrenologist. Did I stick the landing on the first time at least?
4: Absolutely.
1: You were great. Oh, thank you so much. Listen, the support is amazing. So, uh, my name is Miss Mitchell. I am a phrenologist. I'm out of New York, but I have been residing here in London for some time. I'm just under 60 years old. Uh, it's 59 and a half. My birthday is going to be on the 12th of December of this upcoming year. I study phrenology and I recognize that uh, most of you probably have no idea what that is because the individual playing me has no idea what this is either. But she has a Google form ahead of her that says that phrenology is a pseudoscience that links bumps on a person's head to certain aspects of the person's individual personality and character. So uh, I do operate a clinic here out of London where I, 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 I practice phrenology. I think I said that word correctly this round. And um, I am a very petite African-American woman that keeps her hair braided back. I like modest clothing, so my collars are always too high and my cuffs are always too long and my skirt always touches the floor. I think that's all I really have to share at this point in time.
4: Marvelous. Hi there, Vivian. How are you?
1: <laughs> no, this makes me uncomfortable. Please don't directly speak to me and you should address me as Miss Vivian or Dr. Vivian. Thank you.
4: this is gonna be great (laughs) the nick introduce us to lottie
2: Of course. Lottie Dester. I am an ethnobotanist and a chemist. Um, I developed an interest in these fields, traveling around with my father. My mother died when I was very young. I have very little memory of her. And so my father and I, he was a doctor. We traveled around, especially to Northern Africa. And I was fascinated by all the plants and all of the things that you can do with them. I think that my, my studies have taken me into an untraditional avenue, taking me down a path that most don't follow. But you know, what is science but adventure at its root? I am also a petite woman, just breaking five feet. Good things come in small packages, as my father always used to say. I have one of those faces that everyone just seems to think reminds them of someone, you know, friendly, not unpretty, not stunning beauty, but you know, I do all right. I am 33 years old. I am terribly enthusiastic, and just so happy to be here.
4: Mm, marvellous. In fact, you're not the only botanist who's part of the society.
2: Uh, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, ethnobotanist. Sorry, <laughs> just to be, I don't mean to be pedantic, you know, but it is there is a <laughs> distinction between the two, yes.
4: In which case, there very much is a distinction between you and Lady Cynthia Cummings, <laughs> who considers herself to be very much a, a horticulturalist. Mm, yes, yes. Maybe she's more practical, m- more hands-on with developing new plant strains and, and less concerned with studying them.
2: I don't know if I appreciate the word practical there, but all right, yes, <laughs> she is, yes.
4: I'm sure that's the word she uses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And finally Josephine.
3: I am a parasitology expert, you see.
4: (laughs) Oh god. I'm not gonna make it. You've got to kill us all before the character introductions are over. I'm
3: not gonna make it. My name is Rita Lovelace. And I, I think, am also a petite woman. (laughs) In my mid-forties, blue eyes, auburn hair, tied in a low bun. I have a smattering of freckles, a blouse, and some pantaloons, we'll say. (laughs) A fitted waistcoat and boots for field work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is great. I want to commission art. (laughs) Oh, God. I
3: love these little critters that suck on blood or whatever else and all types of parasites, you see. (laughs) I like to collect them, take them, and study them, and use them for all sorts of fun, enticing (laughs) times.
4: Fantastic. So, yes, the Society of London for the Exploration and Development of the Esoteric Sciences has its headquarters at a converted townhouse in Holland Park in Kensington, which is a fairly upmarket neighbourhood just to the west of central London. It's used for discussions, for research... The focus of it really is there is a meeting hall there where uh, society members give lectures and talks and meet for social events. There is a library where there are a number of unusual tomes, including the book that started it all, a Latin text called The Libra of Honus, which uh, has perhaps certain unsavory content, but Dr. Yearwood has been very adamant about being able to extract the the scientific kernels of truth from the nonsense that it otherwise appears to be. This whole concept of Separating out the scientific truth from the occult nonsense is the core of the society. And if there is one thing that Dr. takes very seriously, it is not accepting these strange old books and ideas at face value, where they seem to be couched in occultism and what he considers to be superstition. That is something to be ignored. And you look for the truth that that contains. And if anyone starts treating these things as a cult in any way, that may well lead to their expulsion from the society. This is a rational organization for rational people. As well as the meeting hall and the library, there are, there are also the cellars underneath the townhouse that are available as a um, laboratory space or for the individual researchers of society members. Now, as relatively new recruits to the society, you may or may not have had access to those already. They're used more by established members, but I'm sure that will change over the course of the game. It is a fairly normal afternoon, Monday afternoon, at the society. And there has been an unplanned meeting called by Dr. Yearwood. He's gathered everyone together in the meeting room. He looks a bit troubled. And as soon as everyone's there, he turns to Charles and says, "Uh, Mr. Dalman, will you shut the door, please? We don't want any eavesdroppers here. Oh, yes,
0: Uh, I'll get that right away. You see this hulking figure move
4: toward the door. <laughs> Slams it. Well, I suppose that is shut. This is probably nothing to worry about, but there may be a bit of scandal coming our way. I don't know how many of you are aware. Oh, one of the maids here, Eliza Moody, I, I think that was her name. It was certainly Moody. She disappeared a few days ago, and well, I mean, these things happen, of course. But her family appear to be rather upset about the whole thing, and they're blaming the society. They said that she came into work one day and never went home afterwards. And I'm—it's London; something that unpleasant could have happened to her on the way home. But apparently, her father has managed to get in contact with uh, someone from from the press and they're now talking about potentially writing an article in unflattering terms about this society and we we can't have this we can't have this and i know you're all busy with your own work and uh, there's obviously so much to be getting on with at any particular time but if you could spare a little time for the well-being of the society, particularly our newest associates, if you could perhaps look into this matter, of uh, find out what really happened to Eliza so that we can, oh, I think it is Eliza, so we can perhaps circumvent any stories in the press or... Even better if she's still alive or you know, recoverable in some form, then maybe we can even placate her family,
2: Doctor um I wonder have have the Moody's provided any um, any evidence or any any reasoning why they think it's the the uh, responsibility of the society and not just something that happened to her, as you said, on her way to or from.
4: Absolutely nothing. It was just simply the fact that she came to work here one day and didn't come home again afterwards. As I said, this this kind of thing happens all the time, all the time. But uh, I, I think a lot of the work that we do here at the society would be gravely misunderstood by the lay public if if it would find its way into the press and. While I am absolutely certain that no one at the society is responsible for this, it still behooves all of us to just ensure that, uh, yes, there there isn't a whiff of scandal about this.
3: Dr. Elwood, you said that this happens all the time. Do you mean that people go missing from the society or in general? It is London, I mean...
4: We have lost the um, occasional servant here uh, and and the occasional fellow of the society has gone missing or or met an unfortunate end. But uh, the the subjects that we study are sometimes volatile ones and mm, science is not without risk.
3: Right, rightly so. Uh, But so is this a hush-hush operation? (laughs) (laughs)
4: he looks thoughtful for a moment and says well obviously everything we do here is a matter of discretion we don't want outsiders learning what it is that we're researching and until or unless we we publish it in scientific journals but yes yes this this is a matter of the utmost discretion
3: and this will make us look very good to the society yes
4: the boys as new fellows yes absolutely absolutely and while it would be perhaps um a base consideration but still worthwhile bearing in mind if it does turn out that there is some reason to suspect the society's operations or someone within the society we would still obviously like as i said discretion so whether this means stopping mr moody from at least addressing mr moody's concerns and making sure that he is happy with what the society can do for him in way of recompense or or, or otherwise ensuring that he and this reporter that he's been speaking to don't pursue the matter any further.
0: Dr. Yearwood, Dr. Yearwood, um, am I permitted to speak? I, I apologize for the last meeting.
4: Yes, well, the, the, the less said of that, the better.
0: Could you clarify if your last name is Yearwood or Elwood?
4: <laughs> it's
0: Yearwood. Yeah, would. Yes. Uh, Would you like me to lock the door and interrogate everyone here discreetly? I did bring my
4: metronomes. Hmm. That is a very thoughtful consideration, but I don't think that will be entirely necessary.
3: It's not very subtle, Charles.
4: (laughs) Well, yes,
0: but we all have particular sets of skills. I was simply offering to uh, make sure we're all interconnected. Show off. Yes, show off. That mm. was what I was looking for. Do you have the address for the Moody residence? Maybe we can start there. Mm,
4: no, I, I don't think so.
2: <laughs> Dr. Yorwood, I must ask the question that I'm sure is on everyone's mind. How much latitude do we have in terms of offering recompense or taking action that would satisfy Mr. Moody?
4: As long as... It doesn't bring the society into disrepute. Um, I, I trust your judgment. Excellent. Wow.
1: I'm going to look left and look right, almost like I'm stepping into traffic to make sure no one else is speaking before I slide out there. <laughs> um, um, Dr. Yowit, may, may I ask a series of inquiries?
4: <laughs> yes, yes, you, you, you may.
1: Thank you. Do we have permission to interview the current staff, the wait staff here?
4: Yes, as long as your inquiries don't further spread the rumours or concerns amongst the staff.
1: No, I understand. May I proceed with my next question, please?
4: Uh, yes.
1: Does the society keep employee files or records of the individuals that work for it?
4: Uh, yes, I, 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 I suppose we must.
1: Do we have permission to access those files?
4: If they will be of help, yeah, yes, by all means.
1: Fantastic. In the event that there is some evidence of foul play or the society's involvement in the disappearance of one Miss Eliza Moody, are we handling the optics for the public-facing accusations, or is that something that will be handled in-house by you?
4: I'm not entirely sure what that means.
1: Oh, if we're the ones responsible for her death, would you like us to talk to the press, or are you going to do that on our behalf?
4: Oh, if we are responsible for her death, I would rather no one spoke to the press. Well, When I say speak to the press, I mean, I'd rather no one gave them any information. If you were to speak to the press at all, it would only be to perhaps dissuade this reporter from any further investigation.
1: I understand. May I please proceed with my next line of inquiry?
4: Yes, please do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you have the first and the last name of the reporter that Mr. Moody is speaking with?
4: Oh, yes. Um... Thomas, um, Thomas Beddows, that was it. It uh, was for the Evening Standard.
0: Okay. Uh, Dr. Mitchell. Oh, um, excuse me. I, I wasn't actually
1: finished with my line of inquiry. It's very rude to interrupt other people while they were speaking. Uh,
0: uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. My, my. Uh, well, how many questions are we allotted each? <laughs>
4: I am considering the answer to that question as we speak.
3: Rita has fallen asleep. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) On like a chaise longue, just like reclining.
0: Charles is sidling up to Dr. Mitchell as close as she'll allow at this point. She's giving
1: you side (laughs) eye, but she's looking like down, so she's mostly catching your knee calf region right now.
0: I'm so sorry to have interrupted you, Dr. Mitchell.
2: And yet you continue to do so, Charles. Where did you come from? (laughs) I am always here. (sighs) Dr. Mitchell, please proceed.
1: There's like a moment of hesitation where she's clocking the temperature in the room that she has no ability to read whatsoever. But she's aware (laughs) that she should probably be able to read it, but can't. (laughs) My apologies. Given the unexpected interruption of my train of thought, I do not remember the existing questions that I had, which is very unfortunate for us as a collective team because they would have been valuable.
4: I'm sure they would have. I'm sure they would have. But somehow we shall soldier on without them. Again, I'm so sorry.
0: (laughs) Dr. Mitchell, would you like to get a drink and maybe we can remember those questions together?
1: Would you let me examine your head?
0: (laughs) Uh, I mean, should we wait until we have drinks or you want to do that here?
1: No, just based on my initial assessment, I believe that your faculties are operating off of a meditiveness, which is reproductive instincts and sexual desires. I also believe that you're operating on high frequencies of destructiveness, which are murderous instincts. And I believe that you have some compromised self-esteem, which regards to personal regards, self-interest and selfishness. I am not interested in having a drink with you, but I would like to examine your head.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Did I hear that there are drinks happening?
0: Wake up. (laughs) Charles reluctantly removes his hat and just puts his head down toward Dr. Mitchell.
1: Hey, Keeper, may I please roll my phrenology as she begins to run her fingers over his scalp?
4: (laughs) I would be disappointed if you didn't.
1: Ain't slaying nobody backers. Y'all are trash for this one. Okay. (laughs) So that is going to be a 67 under her 80. That is a regular success.
2: She's good.
1: She is unsatisfied with that because she's so incredibly irritated with this character. May I push it?
4: (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard anyone ask to push a role they succeeded in.
2: It's called Pride and Craftsmanship. Uh,
4: (laughs) It would be churlish of me to say no.
1: If you would be so kind, would you mind sitting down in a chair or kneeling down before me?
4: Oh, I'm gonna kneel. (laughs) Jesus.
3: This is taking a rather lascivious turn, hasn't it? (laughs) Yes, pray tell what is happening right now. Is this an experimentation?
1: No, Dr. Loveless, this is merely an analytical evaluation of the bumps on his head. Uh, I do believe he's an idiot, but I would like to confirm so uh, with my own fingers. So at this point, she's actually going to like roll her sleeves up. (gasps) Wrists are showing. (laughs) Um, and the pushed role is here is basically one getting him to kneel before her. So other than just like, hey, let's be sexy about it, she has a better angle right now. Like she's a petite woman, this is a hulking man. She was reaching mm-hmm. up to do this, but now he's at least at chest level.
4: Oh, you probably had to stand on a chair before.
1: Right, 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 right. No, no, no. Let's 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 one let's let's humble him. Humility is important. Uh, and two, let's get a better angle. And then let's fail this role also.
3: Oh, yeah.
2: Man,
1: sometimes pushing roles matter. This is a hard success. She is much more satisfied with this.
4: So, what do you think the lumps on your head say about you?
0: <laughs>
3: Put it on a T-shirt! <laughs>
0: uh-huh. I, think that, um, I think she's going to realize that there's a lot of uh, insecurity being masked by this... <laughs> Odd bravado that he's projecting, uh-huh. and that um, maybe he, uh, in terms of uh, his professional competency, it might be lower than he uh, lets on. <laughs> oh, Dr. Mitchell, your fingers <coughs> remind me of my half sister.
2: What? Uh, uh, <laughs> And here I thought we were trying to avoid scandal. <laughs> I didn't know
3: we had dinner and a show, Dr.
0: Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> what is it you see? Is it uh, fame, fortune, um, a seat in government? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dr. Darwin, the originator of phrenology, uh, actually began uh, his studies by studying the scalps and the bumps on the brains of the skulls of several individuals that were responsible for stealing. Hmm. He studied professional steves. And and I believe from looking at your bumps that you have high pretensity to be comparable to one who always steals the silverware or possibly a (laughs) murdered sex worker.
0: How dare you? He's going to he's going to jump back and get to his feet. Don't listen to this woman. This is, um, pseudoscience. Oh. Please don't blame me for the bumps on your skull. <laughs> you hear metal jingling in his pocket. Pocket! <laughs> <laughs> I see.
4: Can we just take a moment to appreciate that when a mesmerist calls you a pseudoscientist, that is a burn. Right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> the audacity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The lie and the witch and the audacity of this bitch. I know, I know. Of the disrespect. <laughs>
3: Dr. Mitchell, uh, is there any way could you look at the bumps on my head?
1: (laughs) I'm not actually in clinic right now. I was doing that as an intentional point to antagonize Dr. Darwin. Oh, I see. But if you would like me to evaluate the bumps in your head, I would be very (laughs) happy to do so. Is that something that you would like to conduct
3: currently? If you would like, I just find this fascinating, you know. (laughs) I would like... Do not have any bumps on my head. Should you (laughs) require some parasitic aid with your bumps, Dr. Darwin, I would be pleased to provide that for you.
0: Is it like a a cleanser Mm -hmm. for my scalp? How does it work?
3: Yes, it is like a cleanser. Hold on, and I'll open a... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here we go. A little pouch of parasites (laughs) on hand. (laughs) Born out if you could just bring your head on yonder over to me good sir
0: they're humming with energy
3: <laughs> oh yes do not even get me started about my parasitic energy conduit <laughs>
0: <laughs> is this safe dr lovelace
3: Entirely safe. I take a pill every morning with a tapeworm egg inside of it, and I am doing spectacularly, as I'm sure that you can tell, my good sir.
0: As one does, of course. Uh, Maybe we could start with a small amount and just make sure that it, it works without any side effects.
2: Or perhaps, perhaps... Dr. Mitchell, Dr. Darwin. Where did you come from? I, as I said, I am always here. <laughs> Doctors, I wonder if we might postpone the experimentation on each other to pursue the task which Dr. <laughs> Yeoman.
0: You would. Dr. Dester, we're trying to learn what our bodies are for here, if you don't mind. Uh...
3: Very astute, Lottie. Well, thank you. Rita. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, a Little Lottie, your point is well taken, but um, the professionals are conducting business right now.
2: Oh, I see. You think your profession's somehow superior to mine?
0: Well, I mean, it's not superior, it's just more important.
2: Uh, can I... Uh, I'd love to reach into my pouch um, and <laughs> kind of get a little tin, <laughs> unscrew the cap. It's very pretty. It's a silver tin. It's kind of ornate. It's got these little um, these carvings on it. She unscrews the cap. She kind of holds it up in front of Charles Darwin and blows and a powder goes up into his face.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, yes! What is this parlor trickery?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a heavy sedative. <laughs> <laughs> she won't answer him, but uh, just kind of put that into his system. Hmm. Dr. Loveless, I hope that you wouldn't mind.
4: Do I need to roll for this? Let's have a con roll from Dr. Darwin.
3: <laughs> I do not mind in the slightest. In fact, I'm going to place the paracet I'd taken up <laughs> just atop his head in this moment, too.
0: It makes the
3: subject more docile, you see.
0: My cons are not very good, so let's see. Oh, I hope you fail the hell out of this roll. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I fumbled it. 97. <laughs> This is the way.
4: Yeah, over
0: 45. Great.
4: So there is a sound in the meeting room like that of a mighty oak being toppled (laughs) and falling.
0: (laughs) All right, I'm going to go eat lunch. Cool.
2: (laughs) To the assembled scientists here, to everyone, do not worry, it will wear off in a moment. I just wanted to make a point. And just stands over his body. <laughs> Can we all just stand and stare?
4: <laughs> I think everyone else has turned, looked at this for a moment, and then gone back to their own conversations.
2: Lottie, we'll, we'll replace the, the cap on the little tin, and then she'll hand it to Dr. Mitchell. Dr. Mitchell, in case you need it in the future. This is a very generous gift. Thank you so much. I sincerely appreciate it. <laughs> is, it, is, it is it possible for me to overuse
1: it? Oh, that's an interesting question. If you find out the answer, please do let me know. <laughs> Understood, Dr. Dester. and thank you for st- thank you, thank you for standing up for me. I, I I thank you. I appreciate it.
2: We women have to stick together after
3: all. <laughs> I love us, I dare say. And I've stuck several leeches on <laughs> Charles's <Yes>. head
2: <laughs> while he's down <laughs> Just like.
3: do you see how they uh, undulate with the full bellies of? large brain blood that they are ingesting at this very moment.
2: Fascinating.
3: <laughs> so fascinating, Dr. Lovelace. This energy, this will be what I utilize in my parasitic energy conduit. <laughs> you will see this, I'm sure, when we are on the field. And I'll I'll pop off the leeches and pocket them. Not pocket. You know, I got a pouch. A leech pouch. (laughs) A scientific pouch.
2: (laughs) You know, like scientists have. (laughs) Yeah.
4: (laughs) There are now rivulets of blood running down Dr. Darwin's head. And maybe, maybe that's just changed the topography of his forehead a little bit, but... He's still going to have the same character flaws that you picked up earlier.
3: Now, will you wake? Good sir. Can I um, slap him a few
2: times?
4: You can slap him, but I think because he fumbled that con roll, (laughs) you've bruised his face a bit, but that's it.
2: Just give him a bit more.
4: Mm. He's just lying there on the ground, drooling, bleeding and snoring.
0: Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) I think you hear the silverware rattling as you try to slap him and shake him awake.
2: Yes. Since it was my potion, can I also um, put out there that it would relax all of the muscles and so he probably would have wet himself as well? <laughs> <is> so petty.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Ordinarily, I'd say no to preserve cup's dignity, but A, it's Cap, and B, he fumbled. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Here we go. <laughs>
3: Humility is very important. I think... That our friend, Dr. Darwin, has pee himself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to make it.
0: I'm going to add that to my character sheet. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Let's see, it was like an inhaled powder, right? Mm. How are we waking him
2: up? <laughs> She pulls out another tin. Oh, well, now he's just being dramatic. Um, and what is essentially kind of like, um, let's call it powdered meth or something, just kind of like opens his mouth and kind of dumps a bunch in there.
1: Oh, my gosh.
4: I love the fact that you're bypassing smelling salts and just going straight for stimulants.
2: Well, straight to meth. Oh, no, no, no. Lottie knows that smelling salts have no effect on this particular save. <laughs> She's been here before. <laughs>
4: Considering your speciality, I mean, rather than something synthetic like meth, it, would this be perhaps a uh, something?
2: It's an organically derived because she's an, she's an ethnobotanist and also a, um, a chemist. And so she's probably like, oh, yeah, taken a traditional like medicinal, both for the sedative and for the stimulant. And she's just kind of tweaked it a little bit. She's added a little bit of, you know, a little bit, a little bit of special sauce on there.
4: In which case, Do you want to give me uh, either a chemistry or an ethnobotany role to see how efficacious this substance is going to be?
2: That is a regular success.
4: Dr. Darwin has gone from being unconscious to suddenly being more awake than he's ever felt in his life. (laughs) Only somewhat perhaps confused by the blood that's run into his eyes and the dampness that he can feel (laughs) elsewhere.
0: Where are we? What's the meaning of this? Who peed on me? (laughs) (laughs) It was you. (laughs) (laughs) He points at Lottie. Did you urinate on me?
2: (laughs) (laughs) As scientists, I feel as though. We should be embracing the most logical explanation, the most reasonable, the most likely. Which seems more likely, that I peed on you or that
0: you... Rita, you're right!
3: <laughs>
2: I dare say,
3: if a little bit of PP had to have happened in order to do science, then... <laughs> oh, fuck me. That is the cost. <sighs> Fine. We are all scientists, are we not? Oh, my God.
0: Look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the cellar to get changed when I come back, I I require an apology from all of you. And he (laughs) turns and clambers off with huge, loud thumping footsteps. Hmm. (laughs) Perhaps
2: I overstepped a bit.
1: No, I think you just triggered the faculty that uh, is his self-esteem, which again is related to personal regard, self-interest and selfishness. It's fine. He'll recover quickly.
4: (laughs) Excellent. I love the implication that dr darwin keeps a change of underwear on site
3: in the cellar <laughs> in the cellar
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. ah. it does suggest that this perhaps isn't the first time this has happened mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> yeah perhaps <laughs> he seemed awfully sensitive about it so i guess <laughs> that makes sense
0: his work can be dangerous sometimes. So. Just so dangerous.
2: <laughs> Lottie leans into uh, to Doctor Lovelace and Doctor Mitchell. All right. Truth be told, I have experimented on Doctor Darwin in the past. Which is how I knew that would work so very, very well. <laughs> and also why he keeps changing underpants in his laboratory.
1: <laughs> you are indeed very brilliant, Doctor Lottie.
2: Oh, ah, so very kind. And in such, such esteemed company to receive a compliment. Ah, you've filled my heart with joy.
3: <laughs> she looks awkward by high energy and high enthusiasm, but she tolerates it. Yes, we are the best of the best. That is why we are here. <laughs> and now we will prove it to all. Where is this? Uh, we must find Eliza. <laughs> uh, Dr. Yo Yo Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a good day. <laughs> Dr. Yo... Yo-wood. <laughs> is it? Was it Eliza we are looking for?
4: Yeah, yeah, Dr. Yo-wood's still there. He's in conversation with a couple of the senior fellows and looks back and says... I, 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 I think it was... I, I, I don't honestly pay that much attention to the staff's names, but Eliza sounds, sounds about right.
3: Understood. <laughs> I simply would like to know, should we find a deceased body of Mrs. Moody, and it is traceable back to the society, could we perhaps retain said body for our own experimentations?
4: Yes, yes. Perhaps, perhaps. I, it depends on the condition. I, I, I have been experimenting myself... Uh, Oh, I don't want to go into the details, but there, there, there is a a reference in the Libra of Honest to the spark of life and and its rekindling. And uh, but, but anyway,
2: reanimation. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Lottie's face lights up. Yes, yes. I too. I I've been experimenting as well with with some um with some um and al- alchemical is the wrong word, but you know, uh, with some 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 plant derived um substances that might might also uh have a similar effect.
4: Oh, fascinating fascinating. Oh, we, we must compare notes at some stage. It would be an honour. <laughs> but yes, yes. Uh, if her body... I mean, assuming she is dead and assuming you find a body, if her body is not too badly decomposed or dismembered... And, and as he says dismembered, you can see his gaze drifting off as if he's remembering some unpleasantness in the past, and then snaps himself back. Uh, yeah, if, if she has met an unfortunate and violent end, then... Well, we'll we'll do what we can with the remains.
3: Understood. Now, we are going to get on our way. We are just waiting for our fellow Charles, who has soiled himself.
4: (laughs) Oh, again?
3: Uh, Actually, Dr. Yowood, while we have a moment, I I do
1: actually remember my last inquiry.
4: Oh, marvelous.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can actually start with that inquiry now.
4: I wouldn't dream of trying to stop you.
1: Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. So, uh, my actual inquiry, and, and I don't, I don't mean to come from a place, um, well, an accusatory place, but you previously made a statement that the society had a tendency of losing um, some of the wait staff. I was just curious if I could potentially get a list of exactly how many have gone missing in the last, I don't know, forty-eight months.
4: I'm sure we must keep records that kind of thing, but I, uh, I'd be surprised if it's more than a half dozen. <laughs>
1: her eyes roll up and to the left as she's very openly considering the fact that the society is killing waitstaff. <laughs> and then when she, by the time she looks back towards you, she doesn't actually care <laughs> about the moral implications of it as much as she's just like, okay, cool, well, at least I can work on a pattern from this point. Okay, understood. Uh, if I could get access to those records, I would be greatly appreciated because possibly we can have records to identify uh, Eliza's first name that you can't seem to confirm and also her home address, potentially her work hours. Um, and then um, those records should also identify if there's been a pattern of individuals missing.
4: Hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, to have a word with Mr. Little. If, if anyone has records, he he will.
1: Thank you, Dr. Yowit, for entertaining my inquiries. You were very helpful.
4: You know that Charles Little is officially a mathematician, uh, but he does seem to have ended up with the job of general administration and particularly handling the society's finances.
2: Okay. So if we needed money for, say, a bribe, he would be
4: the one to talk to as well? (laughs) Potentially, yes. Ah, excellent.
1: They have a line item for bribes in the budget. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
4: sure
0: they do. (laughs)
4: <laughs> What's in the cellar? <laughs> oh, apparently a change of
0: underwear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think he's gonna stay down there. He's now engrossed in his work. What? <laughs> oh, well he's my. gone into the lab. He's he's working now, yeah. Great.
4: There are a number of different laboratories down here that are used for various things. Mm. There's quite a lot of zoological and biological research that goes on Mm. here in a a series of, of locked rooms that you don't have access to. Beyond that... There is a little bit that's been set aside that you can probably get into, because Professor Graham, who used to work out of, of this section, himself disappeared a little while back, and his spaces, um, people go into it from time to time, apart from anything else, he had a number of lab rats that need to be fed and maintained.
0: Mm. Charles is going to go over there. For some reason, he's only in his underwear at the moment, <laughs> uh, but he's going to feed the rats. And he actually, since he knows Dr. Graham went missing, he's he's kind of searching around thinking maybe these things could be connected.
4: Well, the rats themselves, feeding them is a bit disconcerting. You're not quite sure what the history of this is, but the rats, they're all in a cage and they all just They all float about one inch above the floor of the cage.
0: Oh, there we go. My God, can I do a sand roll?
4: Uh, I mean, if you want, I will never say no to a sand roll. I did pass, so. It's weird, but it's not terrifying.
0: Maybe he's he's seeing this as a a special energy, though. And Mm. since everything's connected, can I try to tap into their potential through
4: some mesmerism.
1: Really? Really? You're going to mesmerize a
0: rat? (laughs) I would like to do that, yes.
4: You want to tap into the animal magnetism of some literal animals. We're all connected. Um, He's
0: going to get out a little locket that has a uh, picture of his estranged daughter, Isabel. Yep. (laughs) The mother's his half-sister, of course. And he's going to begin to wave it in front of the cage and do a bit of chanting and humming.
4: (laughs) Then give me a mesmerism roll. Oh,
0: I rolled 69 over 60.
4: Oh, I would love to push this. Okay.
0: Okay, so I said he's just in his underwear, okay? He's wearing these gold hoop nipple rings that if he connects a gold (laughs) chain to the locket,
1: what the fuck is happening today?
0: It really becomes this conduit. It's not just simple jewelry. It's a conduit to the energy. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to demand a bonus die. <laughs> Good. But I would like to at least push the roll. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Using these, these special medals.
4: Oh, cup. I guess at this stage I should just be thankful that you didn't work a Prince Albert into it. But yes, please. Mm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's up to the patrons next time. Wow. No, it's, it's like tuning a violin. You just have to, have to make the right adjustments and the music becomes clearer <laughs> and, and more resonant. Uh, and he's like manipulating the rings as he mesmerizes them again. Bind to me. Bind to me. He said that to the rats uh. then? <laughs> hey, at least you all aren't around for this. You turn around, we're standing in the door. We're all of us around there (laughs) looking at you. (laughs) Uh We came to collect you. (laughs) So I I have a regular success this time. Boy, that was narrow,
4: wasn't it? What specifically is it you're trying to learn about these rats?
0: I want to learn what is the nature of this energy that's making them levitate and whether I can tap Mm. into that in any way.
4: Yeah, God wants to fly. I suppose you might consider it to be a form of magnetism that is levitating them. It, when I say you might consider, I mean you might consider, not normal people. Yes, I understand.
0: There yeah, we go. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and you're talking to me out of character. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but there is definitely a sense that. Something has happened to these things that has changed their relationship with gravity.
0: Oh. Wonderful. The the problem was that I was looking for equilibrium, and that's not not what I wanted at all. If balance wasn't the answer, I have to tell the others. (laughs) So he turns to go get dressed, and I think, I guess the three of you are standing there at the entrance.
3: Yeah, I think it looked a little like... Charles is taking far too long. We ought to go see what Charles <laughs> the man-child is up to.
2: And explain this nipple ring chain situation again. What's happening with that?
3: <laughs> we need to know.
0: There are gold chains running from the nipple hoops to the, he would call them bosom rings. Worse. Worse. To the locket.
3: Yeah. <laughs> to the locket?
0: to a locket, yeah. Like
3: around your neck?
0: No, like that he's dangling. He was dangling it like a like a hypnotism act. Suspended from your nipples. Oh. Not suspended, connected. Okay. Oh, I um I I learned something very important. Um uh, uh, ladies, um, the, the 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 rats, Dr. Graham's rats are levitating, and I think I've tapped into the potential of humans defying gravity. If I could just find my notebooks to write it down. Uh, I have a theory. Um, don't distract me until I get it written down, please. And, and don't judge me.
3: <laughs> it seems your nipples are defying gravity right now. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: gravity <laughs> defying
3: <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> Please continue.
0: In the grand scheme of things, this isn't even em- embarrassing. It's science. We do what we must for our craft. Yeah. Uh, for uh, human advancement. Uh, All right. I think you'll see a little pee on his new underwear and he's going to run out to get dressed. <laughs> oh,
4: my God.
2: <laughs> well, that time it wasn't me. So <laughs> seems excessive. <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to Ain't Slayed Nobody. For ad free episodes, lots of bonus content and special programming. Please join our Wolfpack at patreon.com slash Ain't or subscribe to Ain't Slayed Nobody Plus at Apple Podcasts. Nothing helps the show more than becoming a subscriber. See our show notes for full credits and help us grow by posting friendly reviews and spreading the word to your friends and followers. Thank you and good luck
4: out there.